Kimmy Scotty is the co-founder and chairman of Fig One, a skincare brand that delivers natural, ethically sourced and accessible products for people with sensitive skin. This is a must hear, so stay tuned as we discuss Kimmy's role as a founder, venture capitalist and activist. Hi everyone and welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Maine, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Maine has been an incredible journey so far and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Kimmy Scotty. She is the co-founder of Fig One, as well as a serial entrepreneur and venture capitalist. She's the founding partner at 8VC, having incubated and invested in many businesses, as well as the co-founder of a D2C healthcare company that has helped millions of Americans afford their prescription medicines. I really admire how accessibility has been a founding principle of every company Kimmy has shaped. A self-ascribed skincare lover, Kimmy was super passionate about making skin health achievable for everyone and ensured that Fig One would offer expert formulation, products that truly work, and universal access to estheticians that advise on personalized routines. There is so much to dive into today from Kimmy's career journey to her work on nonprofit initiatives. So it's such a pleasure to have us with us. So Kimmy, thank you for joining us. Akash, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. I asked all my guests the same question. I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Kimmy? So I like to say that before I was anything, right, before I was an entrepreneur, before I was a wife and a mother and a venture capitalist and all these things, I was a beauty junkie. And so I think this is my most natural role in is building Fig One, but I'm also all of those things as well. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an investor, I'm a supporter of other women and other entrepreneurs, and I'm a mother of two little boys, uh, my most important role to date, um, and uh, a wife to my gorgeous husband. Oh, it's amazing. Well, you know, you mentioned entrepreneur a few times, and I can clearly see that looking at your track record and what you built. Um, but I know it started quite when you were, you know, quite when you were young in your younger years. I think I, I read somewhere about your first company was in high school, yeah. uh, jewelry brand. Can you tell us a bit about that? I started my first company when I was 15. I was in high school, like a sophomore in high school, and I'm very handy. I love making things with my hands. I'm, I'm pretty creative. And so I fell in love with business by going into business. And so I started making jewelry. People took an interest in having that jewelry as well. And so I decided to make a full line and sell it into boutiques. And so I started pounding the pavement and going door to door to little stores throughout New York. And, you know, I found some boutiques that would sell my line. And it was such an amazing experience because you know, retail math is pretty simple, right? You can, you can calculate what it costs you to make something you, you know, basically multiply, but you know, you assign, you know, dollars to your time, you multiply by two, 
that's wholesale. You multiply by two again, and that's retail MSRP basically. And so I, you know, I had a really good understanding of how to make that work. And I really fell in love with that, you know, with that process. And, you know, ultimately I ran that business for like seven years, all the way through college. Um, I took my line all the way to Bloomingdale's, which was the big, was my big goal. My favorite store was always my favorite store. And, um, and so when, you know, when I was getting out of college, I ended up, you know, stepping out of that business as well. And I did my last season and it was, it was really fun. I felt like I learned all I could learn from that experience really. And it was time to, time to do something new, but I still love to bead things and, and make things with my hands. And we'll sometimes sit on the beach, like with, you know, with my kids making uh, beaded bracelets and things. Oh, that's amazing. That's uh, I didn't actually know the the breadth of it, but like it was uh, when I looked at it over. You had your jewelry on Project Runway and all these yeah. amazing accolades. You should be so proud. It was so fun, and I was so young. I can't like now. I can't even like think that at that time I was like fifteen to twenty two. So you know, it's such a long time ago. So I want to ask one question because I I strongly believe in you know, age. I don't even think about, but generally speaking, um, you know, starting your first business can be quite um, daunting and scary. So what big advice would you give to anyone, whether they're 13 or 83 and they're starting their first venture into business? What's that one little tidbit you're like, just here's, here's my advice. Okay. So after, you know, after starting that business, which was called MIMS and then a number since, right. I have a, a period underwear company with my sister. I, you know, I have something in the healthcare space that we sold United, like all of these different things. And now fig one, everything is new almost every time, right? Sure. I learn a lot and I, and also I build a team and some of that team comes with me from, from company to company. And it's true of fig one as well, but the, I actually think the most important tidbit is that if you never know how hard something is meant to be, you you basically think it's easier than it's supposed to be as well. And so try not to overlearn how to do something. You'll never be perfectly prepared. So just start and launch. If you launch and you believe that the product is perfect, you waited too long. And so you actually just need to get like your 85%, 90% version out, whatever that may be, take in feedback, change and pivot and work on your product while it's in the market. And, and I promise you'll come out with a much, much better second product, third product, et cetera. That's such great advice. And, and I think also it's something that really good advice for people that are starting next businesses, right? Or the third or fourth yeah. business, as you've just said. Yeah. We often think it gets easier, but it doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm learning something yeah. new every single time. You know, this it's true of of Fig One, especially building something in skincare is entirely different than building something in healthcare or building something in apparel. They're all different. And so, you know, you're really you're really coming to it fresh and beginner's luck is a real thing. And so your first time, I think, is also, you know, the best time as well. Couldn't agree more. Uh, and then what, what I love is you've had a variety of incredible businesses that you've built, but um, you've landed now today in, in a beauty venture. Um, although some of the, you know, it is a very cyclical, you know, there are connections in healthcare and stuff, wellness. But um, why beauty? What, what drawn you to skincare brand? It's so, it's so funny because I did not want to build this business. 
I wanted to invest in this sector. And so I went looking for an investment to make and I saw over a hundred companies and I ultimately could not get excited about, you know, what I was finding in the market. Not because I couldn't get excited about the products. There were a lot of products I really loved. Most of those products were also really expensive. And so I couldn't get behind them as an investment idea. Um, I really wanted to, to find something that was accessible and also high potency, active ingredients, something that you know everyone could really buy, but that really worked. And really what I was looking for was what we ended up building. Kind of the the American answer to a French pharmacy brand was you know really what I was looking for. The French pharmacies have the best beauty brands, right? You you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily go into a department store to buy your beauty products. You you know you you would pick them up in the pharmacy the same way you're when you're picking up your medications and diapers and whatever else. And I I think we really lacked something like that in the states and. I, I love that experience so much because I love how trustable all of those products are. The volumes are so high. They're so tested, tested and tried. And I really wanted to find something like that and just really couldn't. And so we decided to build it. Now look at where it is today. It's, it's, it's incredible what you built, especially for that mission of finding that right price point. Accessibility, as I said in the introduction, right? It's so key in, uh, in the industry and it's very evident in Fig One. So there's so many questions I have, but let's start at the beginning. The name. How, like, why Fig One Beauty? Fig One is short for Figure One. It's the first image in every science textbook. And so when you open a science text, the first image that you see is always called figure one. And I really loved that. I loved that tie to science. And I also loved that tie to, to imagery as well. And in French, figure means face. And so it's it has this sort of double meaning that we really loved, um, sort of tying back to that idea of being a French pharmacy brand for Americans. And in terms of the aesthetic, because, um, you know, it was one of those things where once you see it once and then you fall in love, but then you see it everywhere. I've been seeing it in, in, a, in, uh, in New York in a few spaces and this, and I just, every time it always calls me to my attention because the color, the vibrance, it's so beautiful. How did you decide on the aesthetic of the brand? Thank you so much for the kind words about the aesthetic of the brand. We spent a lot of time thinking about this. I actually got to work on the imagery of the brand a lot with my two best friends. Two of my best friends are amazing branding um, talents and creative talents. And so um, they consulted with us while we were building out what these products would look like. And actually, uh, there's a lot of little science cues in the visuals of the brand. And so there are a lot of little science cues in the imagery of the brand. When you look at the box, there's like these those little dipoles on the box that are beautiful colors. They're they're actually like molecules pulling apart. And then the all of the colors have meanings as well. And so if you're looking at something with pink in the dipole, it's a moisturizer. And then whatever the other color is, like, for example, our eye cream, our, um, our RP repair eye cream has green in it. That tells you that it's that specific product. So if you're just looking at the colors and you're looking for the product you always use, you could be, you would find it just by looking at the imagery. And so there's lots of little science elements in the product, but what we really wanted when we were creating all the packaging was to create something that felt elevated on your bathroom vanity. 
And so that you could leave out in your bathroom, it's, you know, it might be $20 or $30, but it's glass. And so it has that um, luxury feeling. It feels like a luxury ritual. And so I really, truly believe your skincare should feel like a luxury at every price point. And so we really wanted to deliver that kind of glass hand feel. And then we also really looked across all of the scientific brands and everything was very white and clinical. And I thought, why does something have to be white and silver to be clinical? Can it be colorful and vibrant as well? And so we, we tried to bring all of the colors that we see, you know, across science and nature into the packaging. It's so, and, and it really, really shows. You can see it in there. So, I mean, we talk a lot about the pack- packaging and the product, but I feel like a lot of people might want to know what products you guys have. So can you talk us through a little bit about the portfolio? So we have a really robust line and actually there is a lot more coming. And so what... I'll talk, I'll talk to you about a few of my favorite products because the line is so robust. We'd really be here for a long time. Okay. <laughs> we go through the whole podcast, um, just naming all the products, but, um, some of my favorites are some of the original set of launch products. Um, I think the most cult favorite product is our micellar oil cleanser. Our micellar oil cleanser starts at $14, which is amazing. It's the first time micelles have been put into oils. It has the the top four most expensive seed oils in skincare right in the right in the face wash, which is amazing at the price point. There, it's like very luxury feel for a really great price. And so, how you use it is you do dry hands on a dry face, and you just massage in the oil. And then when you go to wet it to rinse it off, you're going to see this like emerald color oil turn milky white. And when that happens, it's actually the micelles activating the way that they are already activated in micellar water. And it carries off everything you washed off your face, all of your eyeliner and your makeup, your SPF, but also um, it's taking the oil away with it. And so you're left with a clean feeling face. Um, a lot of the time when you're using an oil cleanser, you feel like you have to wash after. And so this is, this is great for a single wash, but also takes all everything off your skin and leaves you feeling clean, but not squeaky. And so it's, it's really like the cult favorite product. People order them multiple bottles at a time, multiple refills at a time. And I have to say, I go through like a whole bottle every single month, honestly. And so it's really one of my favorite products. And then, and it's actually one of the original. It's so funny because when the team wanted to make this, when really Lizzie wanted to, to make this, who was our co-founder and she was our head of chemistry for a long time, I was like, what really can be new in cleansers, right? And she's like, well, let me show you. It was, she was, it's a bit like hold my beer, you know? And then she delivered this insane product. And so I'm really obsessed with it. And then one of my other favorite products in the line and I think one that I that we don't talk about even enough is our retinol step-up system. So we actually have three levels of retinol. And the first level starts at $38, which is pretty incredible. It's 0.15% retinol. And what I'm obsessed with about our retinol is that it's formulated for moisture. And so you, you never have that really dry feeling when you wake up in the morning that retinol often leaves you, but it's also cosmetically super elegant. And so it feels 
really moisturizing and clean in your hands and on your skin versus the grainy feeling you often get when you apply a straight retinol product. And so the formulation itself is moisturizing and elegant. And also the science is incredible because it's actually a slow release retinol that works in your skin all day. And so you only have to put it on once actually working in your skin all day. The step-up system allows you to acclimate to level one before you step up into two and three. And so you never get that like insane retinization um, experience where your skin is melting off, you know, when you're, when you go red and peeling. And so it's actually amazing. So I even actually use it in the summer. I just stepped, I stepped down when I'm going to be in the sun for extended periods of time. And so right now I'm running around the beach all day after my little twin boys. And, um, and so I'm in the sun a lot, so hard for me to hang under an umbrella. And so I stepped down to retinol one, even though usually I stay on retinol three. Some people might not fully understand the, the, the science behind it and, and the retinol. I, I know you do have a, a chief medical officer too, but just, yeah. can you explain to everyone the importance of the science and the backing of you know, experts like Dr. Courtney Rubin? Totally. So first of all, Dr. Courtney Rubin, my chief medical officer and co-founder in Fig One is such a genius. She's really incredible. And Courtney spends half of her time seeing patients. And so she's touching skin every single day, which was something we felt was really important for her that she's interacting with and touching skin every day um, and not just fully focusing on developing products because you can really lose that, I think, if you... Um, you know, if you stop spending time with patients. And so we were obsessed with that. And when, you know, when we're developing products, we work backwards from what do we want the product to do in the skin? A lot of the time when you're developing a product in sort of out in the, in the beauty world, or like how I like to describe it, the beauty industrial complex, um, is you start with marketing and marketing drives what products are created. And so I want to make something with hyaluronic acid because clicks on hyaluronic acid ads have gone up 5,000% or something. And you end up creating products then with your co-manufacturer and co-manufacturers are great, but you're not starting with the science of what do you want to happen on skin and in skin and then working backwards to a paper formula. That's how we do it at Fig One. It's very unique. We you know, we want to create, um, cell turnover in your skin, but we want it to be moisturizing and we want it to be easy to acclimate to so that you don't experience harsh retinization. Okay. What does that product look like? Okay. It looks like your retinol is wrapped in seed oils. And so that you you're moisturizing as well as driving cell turnover. And so those that also drives what retinol we choose inside of our products, right? There's a lot of forms of vitamin A that you can choose from and formulate with. What percentage and what type are very, very important parts of that process. And so Courtney could take you through every little detail, but it's just some of the ways that we think about product formulation really differently. And it's really important to the way we build things at Fig One. I mean, it's, it's very, and I love how it's uh, something that also is going to be a, a very important for your MPD as well as you go forward. Did you find, do you have like a rule book for what, what you do to create the next range of products? Because now you have so many. Do you find yeah. it something that, because I loved your point where, you know, if people want something, you're going to look into it, but then you have also your own kind of um, pillars, right? That you have to buy to too. Totally. So it's such a good question. 
Like one of the things that we we really stand by, and it's a tenet of how we do any formulation and new product development, is if we can't do it better, not just the same, not a dupe of something luxury or something like that. If we can't literally create a better product, we won't create one. And so we actually often will start to develop something, work on it, sometimes for many months, um, and then decide once we're testing it that it doesn't really deserve to be in market and we'll kill it then. And so actually I used the example before of hyaluronic acid as like a marketing buzzword. We wanted to create a better hyaluronic acid. We thought we could create something that was better than what was in market by leveraging other types of um, hydrators, you know, so we, we tried to blend with urea. We worked really hard on a formula for probably 18 months. We went through dozens of iterations and the ultimate, the ultimate product wasn't something that we were really excited to use. And so we actually ended up, um, you know, waning the development we and we paused the project because we said, you know what, with what's available in the current market and what's available science wise to us right now, we cannot do this better, not at a better price, not at any price. Can we do it better? And so we're not going to make it. And so instead, we refocused on why do we want to create a hyaluronic acid? We wanted a moisturizing toner, something wet. I really like. One of the things I really love about our products is they're built for home compounding. And so I actually, when I'm using them, I put them all in my hand at once and then mix them together and put them on my face. And so I'll do our at night, our retinol right now, one, but usually three, our vitamin C. And then I use our hydrating and balancing toner. So I really like something wet in that mix because it spreads really nicely. And so we wanted to create something like that. So our hydrating and balancing toner is has postbiotic ferments. It has all of these amazing, amazing hydrators as well. It's incredible on your skin. Diana Rube, who runs our business, she's our uh, GM, um, likes to say she will drink it. And really, I agree. Um, and so we really refocused and and built that product instead. It accomplished all of the things we were dreaming about when we were thinking about creating something with hyaluronic acid, but it was a very non-traditional in terms of, um, you know, in terms of a, a hydrating toner. Uh, well, one other thing I want to go into, which I think is, is so important to, you know, what you guys have built at Fig One is a lot of brands, you know, use very um, candidly the word sustainability and it can, can sometimes put a bad rep on the word uh, and confusion. But when I really see what you guys are doing, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, can you talk a little bit about sort of some of your initiatives, but also especially with the products and the refillabilities, et cetera? Thanks so much. And it's so funny because it's like, oh, we're 20 minutes into this conversation or something and we didn't even say sustainability, which I know. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're, know. we're worried so about funny. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but also it's like there's so much to cover with the science of these products and exactly with, you know, the intentionality behind them. We think of sustainability as table stakes for creating something new. And so, you know, we're like, if we're going to put something new into the market, let's rethink packaging and, and look hard at ourselves of why are we creating something new? Let's not just generate something that generates more waste. And so when we started to think about the packaging, we really wanted a sustainable packaging. We looked at all different types of solutions and we ended up developing actually with a fragrance packaging manufacturer, um, traditionally this packaging that is refillable and, we really are so obsessed with it. I love the refillable um, 
option because the size also of the refills is so much smaller than the original packaging size. So easy to ship um, small refills when you're, you know, when you're reordering as well. And also I travel with them with just the pumps without the glass. And so I think it's a really, um, it's also a really useful way to, to sort of shift into a travel packaging because traveling with all of your skincare can be daunting if you, you know, if you have like a 12 step routine like I do. Um, and so we, you know, we launched our refillable packaging. Then when we created body, which I'm so obsessed with our body line. And sometimes I'll actually only travel with our all over oil for, you know, cause you can use it on face on body and tear. So I'll often only travel with all over oil. And so if I'm going somewhere for three days, something like that, I'll only pack the all over oil. Um, but when we started building body, we had to look hard at our sustainability practices because it didn't make that much sense to create a body product in that kind of refillable structure because they were just too big. They were like unwieldy when we, when we made them that way. And so we shifted into um, aluminum tubes and um, bladders for the shower products and things like that. And so we really rethink what it means to be sustainable with every new product. And actually, even right now, we're in the process of having a conversation internally. That is, we developed this packaging three years ago. What's possible today that wasn't possible when we created this packaging? And do we need to look hard at what we've already created and make updates and changes? And so we really try to hold ourselves accountable to current sustainability possibilities and how we can update and change and keep um, keep ourselves, you know, innovating and in check while we're creating new product. Just because we created it already doesn't mean it's what should exist today. And so we're we're always in that process of asking ourselves what's new and what's possible now. And so you might see new packaging from us um, coming in the future. I love that. One thing to before we get into some more tidbits about business and then we'll wrap it up. I do want to ask about the future of Fig One. You mentioned a lot about it is you know in terms of MPD and stuff. I think we're we're super clear of where we're heading. It's 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 really exciting to be mindful. I call it mindful MPD. But um, mm-hmm. distribution is a big big part of the business, and you know we'd love yeah. to know sort of. Where are you distributed today, but where your plans are, you know, what, what's your goals? My big dream was to be a pharmacy brand. And so you can find us in over 3000 CVS locations, which I'm so excited about. Nothing makes me happier than walking into my local pharmacy and seeing my own brand on shelves near Neutrogena and Olay and all the brands, you know, that I used as a kid as well. And so I'm really thrilled about that. The other place that I really, you know, felt passionate about showing up is um, dermatology practices and, and med spas. We really deserve to be on those shelves. You should find us where you're buying your other science-based brands. And we're so proud to be in, we're in about a hundred dermatology and med spa locations across the States right now. And you're going to keep seeing us show up in these types of locations Now it's very hard to earn your way into those spaces to earn your way, you know, into dermatology practices is a challenge because they have every top science brand available to them. And so to get them to test and try and decide that you're the right brand for them is a feat. And so we work really hard at it. And so we hope to keep, you know, working our way into the hearts and minds of the derm um, practices and into estheticians as well. We love the professional community. 
And so we're so excited to continue working with them. And then you can also find us in Heyday locations, which I'm obsessed with. I'm a big Heyday girl. And so I love to get a mini facial there, a 50 minute facial after I've gotten off a plane or something. It's really my, my favorite, um, my favorite spot to jump into. You don't have to get undressed before, you know, when you're, when you go in, it's like, you know, quick in and out, which I really love. And so you'll see us in Haiti locations and then lots of boutiques as well. And so keep looking for us in pharmacies, keep asking for us in pharmacies. And when you go to your dermatologist or your favorite esthetician, ask for us there as well, because we'd love to, to have, um, have our brand be top of mind for that community. That's amazing. That's exciting. And I love, um, I just love, Kimmy, like your, you know, your, your clarity of your vision. I think it's really important to understand the importance of clarity of vision when starting a brand. I think a lot of founders start and then sort of um, have maybe either too widespread of a goal. Like, I don't mind, I'll be there. And I, I often, you know, a lot of upcoming, like budding founders come to me and say, I said, where, where would you like to be distributed? They're like, yeah, I wouldn't mind this retailer, but this or that, just connect me to everyone. And I'm like, okay, but where yeah. do you want to go? You know, that's, the, that's the thing I'm asking you. And uh, I just love that you, you knew what you wanted and look what you're doing. It's like, that's like just, yeah, it's music to my ears. It's, it's exciting. Um, I so appreciate that. I all, the other thing I think is like really important to me, you know, outside of being, you know, being accessible wherever you were shopping for your skincare. So for me, that meant clinics and med spas and pharmacies. That's really where I wanted to be. A lot of, you know, I'm like a, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends are big luxury shoppers. And so they're, they're buying luxury brands and they're, you know, and they're really obsessed with them. And I think that's great, right? I think it's really great. You should have products that you love to splurge on when you're in treat yourself mode. If you love Augustinus or you love Barbara Sturm, or you love one of these great brands, and there's a product or two that you're obsessed with from these brands, then you should absolutely buy them and use them if that makes you feel good. And if you can afford them, amazing. But the best skincare is skincare you'll actually use, right? And so our products are formulated really well. They're formulated for strength. They're formulated for efficacy. And they're formulated so that you can use the whole bottle and you're not like saving a pump for when you're going on a a date or when you have a big meeting, they're formulated so that you use them every single day and they're priced that way as well. And so I love to, I talk about it on my own Instagram. We, we talk about it as a brand all the time that I love a mixed medicine cabinet and fig one plays nice in the medicine cabinet with everyone. And so we, even, even I use products that aren't fig one all the time. I love the brand environ. I love the brand osmosis. I love the brand Forlade. I love all these companies and I love to use them together with my Fig One products. And so I would say about 80% of my routine is Fig One. And then the balance of my routine are all of these different products that I like to play with and mix in for one reason or another. Either it's because we don't have an ingredient that currently on the fake one line that I really want to use in my skin. And so sometimes I'll, you know, so sometimes I'll bring something in specifically for an ingredient and other times it's because I love a product. Even, you know, even though we have like, I think the one of the world's best retinol lineups during the day, I like to use vitamin A and our retinol is not necessarily right for vitamin A during the day. And so I use an environ product for that. I use, they, they have a line called sequence, 
That's the product I use and I use it during the day. And then I use my retinol at night. And then nothing makes me happier than to have this full lineup with Fig One and all of all of our other friends um, on my medicine cabinet as well. I love. Um, I mean, it actually got me thinking about one question based on that because uh, uh, I kind of, I'm going through, I guess, a similar thing in my head right now, but I'm, you know, you've had a lot of different businesses. So it'd be great to know, you know, when you have a lot of products you use, of course, like when it's your own industry, like 80%, 20%, 90% is going to be your brand because you are so passionate mm-hmm. about what you create. There are other verticals though, right? So let's say hair, makeup, mm-hmm. and there are days where I, as a beauty brand founder, I'm like, oh, I've got this amazing idea for a body care brand or whatever, right? And then I get days where I'm trying to like puzzle in my brand, Fable and like, does it, could it be within this universe or is it another brand? Or should I just leave it to the people doing it? And when we tell my friends, hey, you should do this for your MPD. You know, you don't, they're all, we all let's, let's be honest. We all think like this sometimes on this journey of building a brand. What's your opinion on it all? Like, what's your advice to me? Even? <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, I think that it would be so fun for like, for your own brand, for Fable and Maine, if you had a body product in, in mind and it carried the scent of your hair care product, something like that, then it would be amazing to bring in that body product. Or if you had a, another brand that you loved their body products and you could collab on creating something, maybe that worked on hair and body, like our all over oil that works like, you know, in all of these different ways would also be so fun. And so, you know, it's so, it's funny because I, um, I'm always thinking about like, what's the, like, what's next all the time and we're trying a product and I'm like so obsessed with it. And so like, right, you know, right now, uh, my family's, uh, I'm Southern Italian. My mother was born in Calabria and I'm here and they make, there's this, um, I have a favorite drink here and I have it next to me. It's called a Brasilena and it's a coffee soda. Have you ever had one? No. What? Coffee soda. And I'm like, I know. And so I'm, I'm always thinking like, can I import? And so now I'm like, can I import this? Who knows who makes this thing so that I can import it? You can't even get it in the rest of Italy, never mind in New York and the US. And so anyway, it's like the best thing ever. You heard it here first, guys. Um, and so it's so funny. And so I'm, I'm always thinking like, oh, can I just, can I bring this into one of my businesses or something I'm working on or invest in this thing or import it or something? And so I feel like when you're it's like that saying, when you're a hammer, everything's a nail. When you're an entrepreneur, everything's a business as well. I have no hobbies. I can't even have a coffee. Yeah, I love it. Like, I can't even have a coffee soda without relaxing. Like, what's, what's yeah. the matter with me? <laughs> I also just Googled it. And, you know, you know you're know, onto something when, like, there is, like, an inflation on the cost it. base on the eBay. Like, yeah. it's, like, on eBay only. <laughs> like, that's when you know. That's People it. are thinking like you, but they need to have the business yeah. side where they're like, how do I now bring it to the masses out of eBay. Um, maybe exactly. pursue that because <laughs> there's something. <laughs> well, on our next podcast about coffee soda, well, <laughs> exactly. it'll be that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I, it's, it's a really, I think one big takeaway as well, which I love you said is the collaboration angle. Like, you know, it, um, you know, see if there is a universe where you can put it in your brand, but if not collaborate with your favorite brand and, and, you know, work on something together. I think it's a great idea. And it's also something I, I believe in. Yeah. I love, I love to collaborate on something and it's actually so fun because it brings me to a product that I would love to tell you about, which, which is our first collaboration product. And so we have a favorite brand. Can you, can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Yeah. Tell her, tell us. Okay. 
Okay. We have a favorite brand called Conserving Beauty out of Australia. So do you know it? Yes. Yes. Okay. We love it. And we love Toss, the founder. I love her. She's like my Australian sister. And so I'm obsessed with this brand and she makes a wipe and the wipe, um, is completely um, compostable. It, you literally run it underwater and it disappears. It's dissolving. And so it's ama- the wipe is amazing. And so we really wanted to make a wipe, but we couldn't get behind any of the technologies that were available to us to make a wipe. She loves our oil and she wanted to make something with our, with our micellar oil cleanser. And so we collabed together and we created a wipe product and it's going to come out uh, before the end of the year. And so we're so excited. It's going to launch this September. That's so exciting. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, um, uh, Conserving Beauty is coming on the podcast too. So I'll try to like see how we Do you talk about that. Oh, yeah. I think it's, it's planned. Yeah. It's, an, it's, it's coming. Okay. In, so yeah. You have to talk to her. We love her so much. Yeah. We love her so much. So yeah. we're so excited to launch these and they're like individually wrapped. And so they're perfect for travel and they're going to be amazing for like when you're taking off makeup. Amazing. Oh, it's so exciting. I'm like, uh, oh my God, that's a, that was a perfect segue into that. Then that was just meant to be. <laughs> I will just say one thing about building, which is you have to surround yourself with the best possible team. And I would, I know I've mentioned a number of our team members already, um, like Lizzie and Courtney, my you know co-founders in the business, um, and Diana who runs the business, but our whole team is so incredible and they're such cheerleaders as well. And they're, they're our users, they're obsessed with the products as well. And so we love to work together and you really, when you're building something new, you have to find those, you know, those people to build with you. It's very hard to build a new company. It's hard. Like I said, it's hard every single time. And so keep creating that team and attracting people that you want to work with and build with, because when it's three in the morning and your site's down and, and you're, you know, you have a big piece coming out the next day, you know, your founded beauty podcast is coming out the next day. You, you know, you need those people who you want to lock arms with and, you know, and really move forward with and work with. And so I'm so grateful to our team. Kudos to that because that's something I I strongly believe in. Um, So fire around questions, but I have a desert island situation for you first. I think, you know, I know your answer, but I'm going to see if it is. Okay. You can only bring one product with you to this desert island. You know what it is. What is your go-to from Fig One? All over oil. I was about to say, I think it makes sense. I'll be fighting for you for that oil. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, literally. It's uh, and and one thing as well is you have the refillable too with that, right? So that's great. You can have the bigger totally super cool. So fire round questions. uh, Four questions. The first question is: What's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now? It's a little bit cheating because I'm also personally an investor, but it's Ceremonia. I love Ceremonia. Baba. Baba. I love Baba. And I um, I just love the, the one product is my favorite product ever. And I literally brought it with me. Even I travel with it all the time. The, the salt scrub for your scalp. Is it the papaya one or is it, is it I don't know if it's papaya yeah. one. Is it? Yeah. It's a papaya salt scrub. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Yeah. Good. It's amazing. Next question. What or where is your happy place? I'm speaking to you from here right now. So Southern Italy, Calabria, my, um, my mother's hometown, and I'm, I'm here with my kids and this is my happy place. The next question is, what is your hidden talent? 
I think it might be spreadsheets, honestly. Ooh. I, I have one for you. Yeah. This is my packing list for this trip. What? For a trip, not your business? No, this is for travel. I actually, I think the hidden talent oh is actually, it's a combo. It's packing and spreadsheets like together. You are <laughs> That is amazing. Uh, if yeah. anyone's listening to the audio, you've got to watch the YouTube video to see that, yeah. what she showed yeah, me. Have- but um, that was amazing. That was amazing. I mean, uh, although like I'm, I'm similar, not that similar, but like I am, I love my math. I'm an engineer for four years. So for me, data, spreadsheets, Excel's like, but I'm not that, well, I need to step up my game because that's, that's, that's gold. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's my most shared spreadsheet as well. It's, it's like, I love it. Yeah. It's like, I, I can imagine you like when you're planning, like say like, um, group trips or like uh, friends trips, you'll be like the best person to organize it. Like no one will be like even thinking of taking control. Cause they're like, just get Kim and handle it. Like <laughs> they call me the camp counselor when yeah, I, when I, I plan trips. So yeah, you knew it. We're going like, to do a trip just so I can experience that benefit one day. That's going to be amazing. They're like, what's the activity going to be today? And I'm like, we're making cheese. <laughs> well my last question is if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur or i mean you're so many things if you weren't doing everything you're doing uh what would kimmy be doing right now you know i i think i always am aiming at having like a store like a little fashion store where I could, you know, buy all of the products and curate, you know, jewelry and, you know, and, you know, tableware and all of these different things. Like remember Colette in Paris before Mm. it closed. It closed so sad. It closed down. I mean, I get it. It's a family business. They didn't want to, I mean, but But that would be like, that would be my sort of other dream job. There, and there isn't one, right? Like, can you name another one? I mean, yeah, well, that so kept there's it, other, I don't know. There, I have favorite stores that are kind of like in, you know, in the energy of, but they're not as edgy as Colette, mm. you know, ever was. I'm, I love fashion and I'm very, um, I like to try, you know, I like to try a lot of new things and trends. And, and so she always kept things like really at the, at the cutting edge. And so I'm so, you know, I was so obsessed. Um, but I love Merci Merci in Paris. Merci and, great. I love the store. Yeah. 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 I love this store. And Dover street. I love Dover street. It's so cool. Yeah. They do, they do a really good job, but that kind of, um, curated, Oh, it's, you know, it's this amazing, you know, this amazing store experience and you can always discover and find new things like that. I love that. And I think in my sort of like my sunset entrepreneur years, I hope that's what I'm doing. I feel, you know what? I, I feel like there is, Colette's a perfect case study of like seeing certain things that like should be non-negotiables and negotiable because there are places like in New York, like show fields and stuff that has the potential, but doesn't have the curation. Like I don't get excited to go because of the type of products and brands in there um but the space and the idea is great and then you have places like dover street which has great places but then they're kind of franchise now not all the stores are the same you know so it's but colette kept it in a way where it's like don't grow too much like keep that authenticness the curation is important yes not every learning yeah not every business has to be a scaled mass business 
is the other, I think, important thing. Like, obviously with Fig One, we're a pharmacy brand. We're building for scale, right? I want to challenge um, Neutrogena and traditional these, and sort of brands. Yeah. But not everything has to be like that. You know, you can, you know, you can have a great company and business and brand that's boutique, that does something really, really well and beautifully, but is artisan. And I think that's really important to know why you're building, what you're building and who it's for, and then keep it the size that makes it meaningful to that audience. And I think that's, that's sort of the, the messaging I think around Colette and why they were able to do what they were able to do for so agreed, long. Agreed. Well, I guess here, here first, guys, if you want to continue to follow Kimmy and potentially have your next Colette, you, you know where to go. So Kimmy, where is <laughs> the place people can stay up to date with you? And of course, what are the handles of Fig One? You can get me on Instagram. I'm just at Kimmy Scotty. It's Kimmy with Y and Scotty with I. And then for Fig One, we're at Fig One Co. And so you can find us there as well. And please slide into my DMs and tell me, um, about your favorite products, or if you're launching your own company and you want to talk about it, please do find me there. I love to talk to other entrepreneurs. I obviously invest also um, in other entrepreneurs. And so please uh, don't hesitate to contact me. Well, I'll put the, all the links in the summary in the podcast and the YouTube so everyone can just click straight away. Um, Kimmy, it's been such an honor and pleasure. Thank you for taking the time on your trip to Italy as well to be on the pod. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Um, but I can't wait to hopefully meet in person very, very soon um, and just be following each other on this journey. I'm excited for what's to come. Thank you so much, Akash. Thank you for having me and for all the great questions. I loved this conversation. hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.